That Tech Pod, where we discuss all things e-discovery, data privacy, cybersecurity, and tech innovations. I'm Laura Milstein, and I know a little bit about technology. And I'm Gabby Schulte, and I know next to nothing about technology. That's why each week we're talking to heavy hitters in the industry to help us break down these topics. This week, Gabby, who do we have in today? Today, we're talking to Director of Information Security and IT at Beam Technologies, Naomi Buckwalter. Naomi has 20 years experience in IT and security and has held roles in software engineering, security architecture, security engineering, and security leadership. As a cybersecurity career advisor and mentor for people around the world, her passion is helping people, particularly women, get into cybersecurity. Naomi, thank you so much for joining us today. We're so excited to talk to you. I'm so excited too. I'm right here jumping in my seat right now. I'm jumping. <laughs> I can see that. Um, I know. Na- <laughs> so Naomi, you know, you have such an extensive background. We uh, especially would love to get into kind of the tech uh, leadership side of all of that. But before we get started, can you just tell us a little bit about you and how you got into the industry? Yeah, for sure. So I started out as like a little nerdy kid with no friends and uh, kind of translated that into an illustrious career in IT and software engineering. Illustrious meaning it was not illustrious. Um, but <laughs> about three or four years into my software engineering career, I took a class in hacking application, uh, web applications, and I wow. fell in love with security. And I realized I had that light bulb moment, right? I'm like, oh my God, this is it. I have found <laughs> my purpose in life. And this is it. This is it. So I had, you know, (laughs) angels singing and the heavens opened up and I was uh, floating on cloud nine for quite a while. And then I realized, you know, hey, there's a security team at the company that I'm in. So I looked on the internal job boards and voila, I found a a security opening and the uh, manager on the teams said, oh, who are you? Go away when I tried to apply. And and so that's (laughs) not the end of the story, I will say. The opening was for a senior level cybersecurity professional. And of course, we've heard that story before. But here's the thing. I actually said, hey, you need me on your team. Why aren't I on your team yet? So I bugged him for a good solid two months, I would say. I can't actually remember the timeline. But after a while, he got so sick of me. He said, fine, I will give you a job opportunity. So he created a job just for me, a junior level application security analyst for his team. It was the penetration testing team at a company called Vanguard, which is a huge, huge multi-trillion dollar mutual fund giant. So it's a very great place to learn. And I learned all things security from, I want to say, some of the best. And I am now here. I mean, that's an impressive story right there. When you said you had a passion for this, um, you meant it. It is clear that you meant it. I also feel sad that you didn't have friends for a while, but I honestly, no friends, yeah, friends, you guys, yeah, we have two now. Yeah. So like, we would love <laughs> to be your friend, <laughs> and if it doesn't work out, you still have technology. So yeah, you always have tech. I always have tech. Yeah, yeah. I can create a bot to say that I love you. <laughs> I don't need anyone. I'll make my own friends. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. So that's interesting. So just like kind of going through that, I really want to commend you on the fact that you were like, no, actually, um, you're going to hire me. And in fact, I'm actually, no, I'm just going to create my own job. And I don't think people do that enough, especially women. I think we just don't uh, do that. And women in tech, we're just amazing. Just shout out to all us women in tech. Uh, So that's that's incredible. Oh, thanks. I, I didn't even know it was kind of a weird thing to do, but I'm 
remember I had the angels singing and the heavens opened up and I was floating. And so I knew this is what I needed to do. This is my purpose. Right. So clear. That's a clear sign. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> how, how are you not giving me a job right now? So to me, it only made sense logically where I needed a job in cybersecurity. And he was the one who had to give it to me. I literally did not take no for an answer. That's amazing. amazing. Yeah, I was pretty annoying. Now I think about it. Poor guy. His name is Anthony Kaneke. He retired. <laughs> shortly after Shout he's like you know what <laughs> I, I can't take any more people telling me they have angels singing to them that was me jobs. that was me yeah. <laughs> i had a, a moment where i'm like this is it i was so in love and i still am where i am sh- i love learning new things right and i especially love talking to people who are just starting their cyber security security career because i'm like oh my god i used to be like you i was like not burned out yet <laughs> like you have so yeah. much passion and so much energy and i love listening to that and it feeds my soul and so like i kind of am like a vampire where i <laughs> talk to these people and they're like and i'm like give me your lifeblood <laughs> we're, we're learning so much about you. Uh, yes, your, I'm a vampire. Vampiric ways. Vampire. I wonder. If there are <laughs> vampire. Asian vampires. I don't, I don't know. I don't think there, there are now. We know there are now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, you stated before that your passion is kind of introducing people to cybersecurity and especially women. And so, kind of going into that, what are the things that you love about cybersecurity and that you think you know the reason why you want to introduce get women more into it like what are the things about cybersecurity that you think there are opportunities there that people aren't always thinking about yeah so i'll just straight up and say it that i honestly think women would be amazing at cybersecurity a lot more than men because one like we're really really good at reading a room and like we're good at emotional mm-hmm. intelligence and we have soft skills just because we've been conditioned growing up to like make friends honestly i didn't do it very well <laughs> like zero friends <laughs> like birthday party what um so it's like we we are better at emotional intelligence, I think. Actually, no, the, um, it's not that I think. It's the data. You look at a bunch of research, all these studies across the decades. It has been proven women are better at things in leadership that require emotional intelligence. So here's my, <laughs> my proposal. I say we need more women in cybersecurity because we need more diversity and thought in cybersecurity. Think about all the breaches that we're currently having and the cyber criminals who are like still winning. You know, I think according to the FBI, a recent study in 2019 by the IC3 said that uh, 1,300 cyber crimes are committed every single day, probably more. It's only 1,300 that are reported to the FBI. So whatever fraction that is, you're getting like billions of dollars, you know, given to these criminals. And we are here in a little echo chamber in cybersecurity and we're not really winning, we're losing. And I think it's because we don't have diversity in thought. We don't have enough females in cybersecurity who can give and take and, and like challenge and have comp- and healthy conflict. And these are things that I wish actually happened. But no, we have an echo chamber. We say the same things over and over again. No one's really listening. We're still losing the battle. So that's where I am. I was like, that was inspiring and depressing, all kind oh. of in one. So it was a, it was a That's how I of, trap you into my vampiric ways. Yeah, I was like, Let's okay, see, there, there it goes. Yeah. <laughs> so you told us a little bit offline about your work with the Philly Tech Sisters, a Philadelphia-based nonprofit helping women of color prepare for a career. Um, and I, I kind of, I, I think preparing for a career in tech and, and being in that is is awesome and exciting. And so first of all, 
amazing. Love the name as well. That's pretty great. Um, but can you tell us more about your work with them and, and what they're up to as well? Yeah, for sure. So it's not my nonprofit. Uh, it's founded by someone named Ashley oh, Turner well, and she and I never, are connected. Never mind then. No, nope, no. Oh, mind. no. <laughs> no just, kidding. just kidding. Still interested. Still interested. Um, I'm one of the, you know, the helpers, you know, I'm helping with the curriculum for cybersecurity and, you know, uh, different pieces of the, the, you know, I taught a class in HTML and CSS, like really basic stuff. Um, but yeah, we're, we're kind of like on the DL right now just because of the pandemic. But before the pandemic, we used to have meetings, we used to get together. So right now we're still trying to regroup and see how we can best serve our community. But it really is bringing people straight out of other jobs, other careers who are trying to transition into technology roles, into coding roles and just any kind of roles where you can sit down and build things, you know, in software and, and secure things. And uh, so I think it's beautiful. There's a whole group of underrepresented people that really just would be amazing to have, uh, again, with that diversity and thought and having more females. So, yeah, we are actively recruiting for more help. If you are interested, we need like a, uh, what is it, a, like a program coordinator, a curriculum coordinator, all these things. And we are on LinkedIn. So check us out. Philly, Texas does. That's awesome. That does sound very beautiful. You mentioned. (laughs) Um, Well, actually, just to talk a little bit more about that. I mean, so I, we actually checked out the website a little bit and there were some interesting stats that I kind of wanted to talk about. Um, You know, it said like 26% of women are in computing, uh, 5% Asian, uh, 3% African-American and only 1% Hispanic women. Do you know what, like, can you tell us a little bit about I mean, I think we talked about it a little bit before, but what are some of the things or the main thing? I mean, we can probably talk for a really long time about why there's not as many women in tech and on top of that, women of color in tech. But what are some of the main obstacles that you see? And also, what are some of the impacts that you're seeing, you know, on the community level when, you know, women and women of color do get involved in technology? Oh, my gosh, that's such a great question. Wow. I feel like I'm not going to do this. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. That was mine, but I want everyone to know. I want everyone to know that was my question and not Laura's. Anyway, who asked that? Proceed, Naomi. I didn't hear who asked Uh, Me, Gabby Schulte. I did. Okay, just just checking. Just just, just making sure. Cool, cool. Amazing. Oh, gosh. Like, uh, I won't do this answer justice, but like, um, you know, obviously we don't have representation. And it's probably just because people don't know that it's not, it's like a a, a career path that you can even have. I just kind of lucked myself into it because I took a class in hacking that um, I was offered. And so I was like, oh yeah, so cool. So I was probably the only person in there that was a female person of color. Like I, I thinking back, I definitely was, there's only, uh, other men there, other non-Asian people there. So, uh, yeah, there was definitely, (laughs) (laughs) but it it wasn't something that held me back. I, I would say it's not something like, oh, you can't, you know, you're a certain, you look a certain way or you sound a certain way. Like, oh, you can't be in cybersecurity. Right. But that's, that's not what I got. It was more like, I just got lucky or I put myself in the right position at the right time. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is, this is really cool. So I think if more people had the opportunity and they just heard more about it, I think the interest level would go up for sure. Like people would be like, oh, I want to, I wanted to use cybersecurity. Oh, that looks really fun. You know, like who's going to say no to that? Like, Hey, you want to do penetration testing, which is, oh, by the way, the worst name for that. 
but like, hey, you want to do incident response <laughs> or start intelligence? You want to do all that security operations? Cool. Like, this is what this is. So if people heard more about it and just were given more opportunities, then I think they would totally sign up. They would go to school for the technology things and they would uh, get a job, you know, hopefully in technology. So I can see that. And back to your second question, you know, what kind of effects do I see when people of color do join? Well, you get that diversity of thought, right? You get like different backgrounds, um, healthy conflicts, people who don't just contribute to the echo chamber. And I think that's what we need in our community is just a little more, little more uh, number of voices that can share the mic. Yes. Yeah. And we'll stay with that. Yeah, for sure. No, that was, that was a really good answer to the question. Uh, so well, well done. <laughs> oh, thanks. I made it. Um, yeah. <laughs> Good job. Uh, I wanted to maybe follow up a little bit about that. And also as, as the person on the podcast who's like less uh, informed about tech, uh, the penetration class, I, I did have to like think of like, oh, okay, I don't know. I was just talking about like hacking. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, <laughs> it's such a weird word. <laughs> um, yeah. But you mentioned, you know, a, a hacking class, like what, what about security and, and kind of that? That. Obviously, I think it's like a really important thing for, you know, especially now, like our digital footprint is just growing and growing. What are the things that you think that people maybe aren't thinking about in their day to day lives, but maybe should pay attention to, you know, uh, on, on a security level? What, what do you oh think? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I've talked about this too. Like, I'll tell you a story real quick. So I was, okay, friend, yeah. I have this friend and she and I go back a little bit, like maybe a couple decades, but she has a daughter who's unfortunately sick with some sort of like illness and, and she'll post pictures of her daughter in the hospital bed with captions like, oh, you know, here's my daughter here at the hospital ready for her yearly, um, you know, polyp removal surgery, <laughs> you know, something like yeah. just a little too much information. It's so mm. I, I tell the story to people sometimes and, you know, not to shame my friend there, but imagine her daughter now growing up and she's trying to get medical insurance. Right. And so everyone knows that medical insurance, there's probably a lot of problems with it, but the medical insurance companies probably want to see what kind of risk you are. So they're not going to cover you or give you the, the right amount of coverage if you are a high risk or you might lose some money because everything comes down to money. So they take a look mm -hmm. at this poor lady who is now an adult and they, they go through her personal, uh, their social media and their history. And they come across these pictures posted by her mother decades ago. And they, oh, this lady has a, an illness that requires surgery every year, essentially, just to remove polyps from her colon. I know, TMI, right? This <laughs> information can be used against this poor uh, girl who is now an adult in the future looking for medical insurance. So if you don't think this happens, it happens every day. The medical, the, mm. the corporations are using the information that we post out there against us. They're using things like, you know, that rocket mortgage, right? Yo, get a quote yeah. for a mortgage in 10 seconds. Well, how are they, how are they getting that information about you? Think about it. Are they just thinking, oh, this person has, you know, a nice looking face or, or are they, uh, they uh, Googled us or something. You're like, no, they actually find out who you are. They look up your history. They look up kind of your credit score, not just that, but like all the people you've talked to and like what kind of, um, you know, like what kind of risk you are with your credit. I don't know, all these kinds of things, but they form an opinion about you. That might not be true just because of your presence online. Like you said before, Gabby, your footprint. 
And if that means that our footprint can be used against us in the future based off of automated decisions from these kind of software companies and these companies that are like ru- like ruling our lives, essentially, like that's wrong. If we are giving out our information for free, we're not getting anything back other than the companies making our lives more difficult or just making it harder to get money for a mortgage or get coverage for medical insurance. Do you get what I'm saying? It's like this yeah. data is used against us and we are just sitting down. So we don't get anything out of it. Like, did you get your data check in the mail the other day? Like, no. <laughs> in, this, in this like data broker thing or where the companies collect your data and sell it and resell it, repackage it, sell it again and make decisions about us, all that information. I think the market last time I saw was probably like $800 billion or something. No, more like $300 billion just in the past <laughs> year. And it's just growing and growing. I think it's going to be like $500, $600 billion. That's the market for our personal data. And it's crazy wow. to think that the like we're giving the social media companies and the Googles and whatever, like we're giving them information for free and they're selling it and they're making money and that's how they make their money. Yeah. I mean, that statement of we're giving them information for free. It is like when you see like you're, you're, you're like, Oh, I want to get shoes. And all of a sudden your phone is like shoe ad, shoe ad, here's some shoes. And you're just like, I don't understand. Well, (laughs) yeah, that's exactly what it is. And they're just tracking everything. And so thank you for terrifying us I know. Um, with it's, reality. It, it's that plus a whole bunch of other things. Like you would be shocked at how much uh, the world is trying to manipulate you to do certain things. Like you are just an economic unit. Like people want your money. <laughs> that was how like, are they going to trick you to do that? That's like the harshest thing I've ever heard. I was like, no, I'm not. I'm no. a unit of economic output. Yeah, you are. I mean, what is that? Like the GDP, right? Like you are <laughs> a unit of economic, like what is our national GDP right now? Who even knows? Yeah. Like, like really someone right, tries so. to talk to you and you're just like, you know what? I don't even know. You know what you are. <laughs> <laughs> like everyone you know has a worth and I, I really hate that about our country our capitalistic society and I know we're not yeah. even talking about cybersecurity at this point but like think about how when we meet someone new probably the second thing you ask is like so what do you do and like mm-hmm. Gabby would be like Especially well I'm a supermodel see. you're like obviously <laughs> obviously <laughs> um, obviously I'm in the industry for quite some time um, <laughs> but like you kind of want to put them in a bucket and be like how much are you worth to society and so when we ask mm-hmm. this question to stay at home moms or stay-at-home parents are like, oh, I'm just a stay-at-home parent or, oh, I'm just a home care worker or like something where you're absolutely providing value to the people around you. But in terms of making money for a corporation, yeah, maybe you're not making all that money, but that's not the point. Like, what's the point of life? Is it to make money for a faceless corporation or is it literally to make our lives better for everyone else around us? And I'm kind of at the point where in life where I'm like, you know, screw it. We need to be kinder to each other. Why aren't we learning this? Why aren't we teaching this? Um, I only learned it late in life where I'm like, oh, wait, so I'm not supposed to be selfish and make money. Like there's more reasons. I'm just slow, slow clapping. Clap, slow I'm clapping. like, I know. Wow. I, I don't think I can really describe into words how happy I am that uh, our cybersecurity talk turned into like uh, an assault on capitalism. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have a lot to say and, about uh, it. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, but I think you bring up like really good points here that like not a lot of people are considering um, when we're talking about these industries and that, yeah, we are kind of uh, like the thing they were talking about, about the medical insurance. Um, first of all, I I hope and pray that in the future of when her daughter is old enough and, you know, hopefully we figure out a little bit of a better system 
but you know, probably not. But so, but with that being said, um, I feel like people definitely just don't know that and don't know how they're being manipulated like that. And um, it's, you know, that's probably why they should tune into that tech pod because we're letting them know. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> Subscribe, like, comment. <laughs> um, but you saw that Netflix show, I think it's called The Social Dilemma. I don't know if you guys saw yes. that. Yeah, it's so good, uh, right? Like, what yes. did you learn from that? Like, did you, were you like blown away or are you like, oh yeah, I knew that. I was just like, I'm so glad I don't have kids and I'm never oh. going to have kids now. I can't, yeah. I cannot. Because I'll be like, get off that iPad, Susie. No. <laughs> I like how her name is Susie. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it's the same thing like um we've been manipulated through just uh the news and the media and the people who are running the show which are the elites because they want our money right so you think it's not going to happen like why would they care well they do care trust me they want to manipulate they want the power they want to influence so they put they pump a lot of money into their politicians and their lobbyists <laughs> and they get their little empires and they build up and up and up. Meanwhile, the other people like us, we are losing in this capitalistic society. There's only a few people who win. Like, I think the last statistic I heard was three people in the United States own 50% of the wealth in America. Who are they? Like uh, Bill Gates, Bezos, and uh, Uh, who's the other one? Elon Musk. Oh, yeah, yeah. Probably. There you go. Yeah, and he's not even American. That's like not even fair. (laughs) (laughs) I know. No, it's insane. I'm voting for you uh, for president. I am. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, it's just unfa- like once you start realizing, like, what is the point of humanity? Is it literally to have one good life or is it to pass down great lives for the generations that follow us? And so once you realize, like, I am living or we are living here to make lives better for everyone else, it really fulfills a sense of purpose for everything you do. And it makes life so much more livable. And you're like, oh, my God, I can do things that make people happy. Like, that's amazing. I don't have to just do cybersecurity and it just kind of filters out to and right now I'm like I must be getting high too much but like I'm feeling very like <laughs> very happy and like loving and uh yeah well, <laughs> that's where I am in life. Well, well that's amazing first of all congrats that you are uh, in that state right now during this pandemic um but uh I, I was just gonna say I'm wondering, like, what are the solutions there then? And and I know that obviously we're we're a tech podcast, so we'll we'll keep it sort of to the tech thing. So something you said earlier kind of kind of made me think. Um, and that, this is something that I don't really know a lot about, but um, you know, you said that we're giving our data for free to to corporations basically. And I heard a little bit about something called like data dividends or 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 something to that effect. Um, do you think that's going anywhere? Are we ever going to like, you know, see any sort of currency um, uh, in in that regard of, you know, kind of getting something back for the information that we're giving? that we're giving? Oh my gosh, I hope so. But if anything, right now we're in a, a period where privacy laws are kind of coming up, they're up and coming, they're maturing. And so the United States on the federal level, we really don't have uh, a national privacy law like the EU does um, in other areas of the world. But once we do have that, you know, maybe the companies will start to take our privacy seriously and we'll stop selling our information if they are like concerned about fines, which is a whole different story. Like, for example, Google will happily pay the GDPR fine of what is it like 4% of your uh, global revenue. They're like, oh yeah, that's only, you know, $2 billion. That's nothing. <laughs> so they'll pay it gladly. Chump change. Yeah, chump yeah. change because it's, <laughs> it doesn't hurt them. They'd rather pay the fine than actually deal with the fallout of like not selling people's information. 
Right. So they make way more money selling our information than paying the fine. Just think about that. So if other companies, if we start raising the stakes and saying, hey, legislation, like, let's make sure these companies stop selling our data or at least give us some <laughs> money back. Right. Like we need to start fighting at all levels of the government. And I know I don't want to get too political here, but yeah, something like a data dividend, the one that Andrew Chang, uh, Andrew Chang, oh my God, Andrew Yang champion, he's running for mayor for New York City. Something like yeah. a universal basic income could really, really help us out. Like that $500 bill that you had mentioned, Gabby, that is absolutely mm-hmm. true. I think it's like 80% of Americans can't afford a $500. It's a crazy bill. number. It's crazy, it's a right? stupid number. Yeah. And it's unfair. Completely I'm definitely unfair. voting for you. <laughs> it, yeah, thanks. But it's it's not even my idea. Like universal basic income was championed by Martin Luther King Jr. And it was back in the day when capitalism it was first established here in America. Like it doesn't work. Capitalism won't work in the long term without actually ha- people having money. Like they can't spend money if they don't have it. Right. right, and if right they can't exactly. afford a $500 emergency. Like imagine them trying to survive with their family in a pandemic. Like it's insane. And I'm blessed it's enough crazy. to be able to like say, you know, I'm comfortable. I've I've built up a life where, you know, I've pulled myself up from a bootstraps or whatever it was. Like I, I gave, I put myself through college, whatever. And it's, it's like, that's my success story. But I was also blessed where I had a family who supported me in my education. Like they did not force me to do something I didn't want to do. I was raised in a household that took education seriously. So not everyone has that same background and those experiences and those opportunities and something like a universal basic income now would put a floor down. And if we actually said, hey, what's the poverty poverty level in America? If that's a certain amount of dollars, say like $12,000, why not give everyone a floor to stand on? Yeah, it actually kind of brings me to the question, you know, about tech, obviously, you know, if this is too kind of out there, that's fine. But like, what are some of the things that you think that like cybersecurity or or anything like that can be used to kind of bring humanity back into into the world a oh little gosh, bit? Yeah. So that's a great point because we've got the classic good versus evil. We've got cyber criminals, nation state actors, all those people who are trying to hurt us and everything else. Like, and, and it's so complicated because if there's a system out there, it will be exploited. It will be hacked. People are just interested in breaking things, but we need to start coming together just as a community first. The cybersecurity defensive community needs to come together, stop the infighting and really fight against the common enemy instead of fighting against each other and figuring out like, hey, you're right. I'm wrong. I'm going to victim blame right now. How oh, you got breached? How oh, you should have just done it. Like we don't do a great job playing together as a team. But once we do, we will start winning against the cyber criminals and the nation state actors. We will be able to join all our forces together, which the cyber criminals do, by the way. They're very good at communication and working together. The SolarWinds breach, Microsoft just published an article. They think about a thousand nation state actors joined forces just to do do SolarWinds. So like, imagine if the cybersecurity community, which is millions of people, by the way, across the world, if we actually got together and stopped their infighting and fought against the common enemy that we have and shared information and shared intelligence and shared TTPs, vulnerabilities, exploits. And right now we're just like too afraid to share our secrets. We're like, oh, we have this vulnerability. I don't want to tell anyone about it. Oh, we saw some security incident with these TTPs. I don't want to tell anyone about it. Like that is so, so backwards to me. Like we need to start opening up and be vulnerable with each other. And that is the only way we are going to ever defeat the common enemy that is cybercrime. No, I love that. Um, And yeah, we're going to fight. We're going to bring humanity back. 
uh, and starting with cybersecurity. <laughs> no, yeah, one 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 packet at a time, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> but it really comes down to like, what, um, what is our human mission? Like, what are we here for? No, all of that. I was just like, what a campaign, too. Like uh, all of it, and that is how together we fight cybercrime. Vote for me, Naomi, <laughs> Naomi Buckwall. <laughs> oh, I can't even. I said your name completely wrong. I was like, who is it? Um, oh, anyway, um, what one final question, and then I promise we will let you. Uh, off the show today, possibly. So for, for our final question today, what advice do you have for people that are new and trying to get into the cyber industry for anybody out there that's considering this avenue and this path? If you could give them one piece of advice, what would it be? Oh, I get this question a lot, right? So I think right now, where we are now, life is not a meritocracy. So unfortunately, you have to play the game. So one thing I do tell people is to network. If you build a strong network for yourself and your network now puts their own political capital on the line for you, then you know you've built a great network. People are now recommending you for jobs. You can get around that whole like applying to Indeed and Glassdoor and LinkedIn and like all these places. You don't want to apply online or on a job board. You want people to recommend you for jobs and have recruiters reach out to you because now you are skipping that whole section of all the hundreds of other people who are applying for that one job. You are now back channeling your way into a job. So if you are looking for a job, that is what I suggest. You really need to put yourself out there, make yourself visible either on LinkedIn or on Twitter, wherever the recruiters and hiring managers are working in that space, like that's where you want to be. You want to work in your cybersecurity working groups so you can network there. You want to volunteer with nonprofits. You want to put your content and your voice somewhere online where people can find you and, and be professional. Like don't start saying random stuff and just to be controversial. Like I see plenty of that. You're not standing out. Trust me. You're making yourself look terrible, but put original content out there. Do podcasts like Gabby um, and uh, the tech pod people, like all these people who yeah. are your guests, like be, do that, put yourself out there. Like it's okay to make fun of yourself and look ridiculous. Like that's cool too. Um, I look ridiculous all the time. So. Yeah. yeah, that's that's constant for me. So, yeah. <laughs> um, well, Naomi, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I have to say this was a really fun conversation. Uh, I like that we kind of branched out a little bit in the, in the tech realm and we learned about, you know, how you're a vampire and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and other things in your philosophy on life. And I think we really appreciate it. I think our listeners are going to really appreciate it. And uh, thank you for your time. This has Thanks, been really guys. awesome. Sorry, I went all over the place a yeah. little bit today. Thank you. Yeah, thank oh, you. Super, super fun. No, awesome. And um, so we will be right back with more of that tech pod. We just listened to Naomi Buckwalter, and, and that was great. It was a really useful, exciting conversation around data privacy, cybersecurity. She scared me in many forms, but also in an educational way, and I genuinely appreciated that. How do you feel, Gabby? Tell me what you thought. Tell me what you learned. You know what? I think Naomi had a really good way of opening up cybersecurity um, into something that's a little bit bigger. It's a little bit more human than maybe what people kind of realize, you know, just really thinking of watch your data, you know, it's kind of being used um, in, in, in that way. And I'm for sure going to kind of go back and make sure nothing that I want to 
be online is online or nothing that I don't want to be online is online. Yeah, no, it scared me. It made me just think of the, um, you know, in China, the the social score of like your worth. And I was automatically oh. nervous. I was just thinking, what am I liking and following on LinkedIn outside of that tech pod that people are <laughs> judging me. But the good news is, uh, side note, if you are listening to that tech pod and you do like and follow us on LinkedIn, I'm sure it only helps your uh, rating. And uh, I, and yeah, that's all I really got on that. I, it, but it is scary. <laughs> like the, like your data is not free. And when you think about it in that kind of context and you just think about right now, I mean, during this pandemic, you have all these hackers that are just at home bored. And I'm like, right. if I personally can hack into your company, uh, they can too. And by that, I mean, <laughs> watch yourself. <laughs> I'm just saying it is a watch it's out. Scary. <laughs> that actually sounds like an episode of Black Mirror. Um, do you watch that show? Yeah, maybe we're in that right now and we just like don't even. We probably it. are. I think the takeaway today is that we're all living in an episode of Black Mirror and we should really just check our data. Turn around right now. We're behind you. And. <laughs> and be kind to people. With that said, if you want to hear more from Naomi or others like Naomi, please reach out to us at thattechpod at gmail.com. Follow us at thattechpod on LinkedIn. Send us uh, anything uh, and check out our website at thattechpod.com. We want to hear from you if you want to be on our show, if you know someone who wants to be on our show, or if you just want to reach out and say, hey, we are ready and willing to listen to you. Welcome to an episode of Black Mirror with us. There's also... Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find that tech pod. You also can give us a five star rev- review and rating of uh, on Apple Podcasts. We highly recommend it uh, just, you know, to help us out with the algorithm and also to help your social standing in China. You're welcome in advance. Thank you. Thank you.